We've reached April, and we are two days away from the real opening day. It's fantasy baseball time here on Monday, April 2nd. Adam Azer, Nando DeFino, and Scott White, recent birthday boy. Scott White. Nando, hey, happy birthday. Did you get him anything? No, you know what? I saw the balloons tied to his chair. You weren't here on Friday, and I guess that's a thing we do here at the Yeah, open. we put balloons on people's chairs. <laughs> you weren't I, here I on your balloon day. It. Balloons not there anymore. Oh. <laughs> Someone stole your birthday balloons? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's I left my and, cell phone and on my desk. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> no, we only, like, we only value balloons here. We don't care about phones. What did you do for your birthday, Scott? 28? Yeah, 28, halfway between 16 and 40, which is the most <laughs> depressing way to think about it. Yeah, I've never heard anyone put 28 <laughs> that way. Yeah. No, it's it just been time with family. Oh, well, happy birthday. Yeah. Sunday was April Fool's. There's a great April Fool's Day prank that we have to talk about. Today on the show, a little bit of start-sit. That's going to be mostly tomorrow. you got to get your lineup set by Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. The Marlins host the Cardinals. That's opening day, other than those Japan games last week. And then Thursday, we have a lot more games. But the Marlins and the Cardinals have uh, center stage on Wednesday. Follow us on Twitter at CBSFantasyBB, Facebook.com slash CBSSportsFantasyBaseball and email us fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com put podcast in the subject line so we've got updates on rotations bullpens position battles injuries and the most gutless act in baseball history uh, according to one person well sort of something like that we'll get into that in just a second now the the april fool's prank very funny stuff here lance berkman uh, pull the prank on Adam Wainwright before the top of the third inning. This is from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. A white 2009 Chevy Silverado drove out onto the warning track of Roger Dean Stadium as the PA announcer detailed how that truck, that very truck, would be given away to a fan in the stands. They could take ownership of the truck as it reached the home dugout. A name was announced, and the father and son ran gleefully toward the Cardinals dugout to take their prize. The truck was Adam Wainwright's. The whole <laughs> hoax was set up by Lance Berkman. He was driving. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not much of a prankster myself, but I think I think uh, that's the right combination of variables for a perfect prank. Yeah. Public place, very showy. Only one person is freaking out. Yeah. It, 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 it was a good combination there. That was a good joke. I was thinking at the Yankees-Marlins game yesterday. What if they had said, like, hey, fans— all the beer is free today. And then they said it was an April Fool. You think that would have been good? Or? That would have caused a riot. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the difference between a good April Fool and a bad April you Fool. You have to remember that the, those two people who won it were in on the joke. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's, that's another thing. So, you're, you're pranking like 25,000 people in my case. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be good. But I want to congratulate the Marlins. They have a very nice stadium. Um, I enjoyed it. Excellent tacos. So if you go there, you have to get the tacos. Really? Are they messy? No, they're not. And they have like little chips in them, like tortilla chips, kind of crunched up in the taco. It was that is classy. Yeah, it was good. It was good. So they have a they have a nice stadium there. And um, Adam, how much were they though? That's the question. Twelve dollars. How did Come you on, get that? Because I'm thinking, what's the worst price I can put on tacos <laughs> ever? To be just a, a terrible jerk to everyone in the stadium. Do you at least get like three of Two them? Two tacos uh, for $12. Oh, come on, man. Are you getting paid off by this taco company? No, no, no. You're they were very good. This? They were very good. Hey, the seats are cheap there. The tacos are almost as much as like, you know, How much lower levels. I don't know. Right. Probably like nine bucks. Who knows? Um, all right, here we go. News and notes as we got a lot to talk about today. Ubaldo Jimenez plunked Troy Tulowitzki on the elbow 
And Jim Tracy, manager of the Rockies, said, the most gutless act I've seen in 35 years in the game. And then he said, I've lost all respect for him, talking about Jimenez. First fantasy concerns here, Scott. Troy Tulowitzki is your favorite player in the world. Are you concerned <laughs> about him right now? Well, x-rays were negative. He says he's fine. I think he's going to be fine. It, it looked like it was it was closer to the bicep or the tricep, I guess, than the elbow, which is a little less scary to me. Uh, probably has a bruise, but... I don't think it's really going to have any kind of impact on his season. All right, well, that's good. And then Jimenez, I don't think he's going to get suspended. But uh, Jim Tracy wants him to be suspended. But let's hope. Well, uh, he did clear the dugouts. I mean. That's true. That He antagonized Tulowitzki after he did it on top. Yeah, he threw his arms up. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even on. occur to me when I first read the story that they were teammates as recently as last year. And there could be some bad blood just between Jimenez and the organization. I know he wanted a contract, didn't get it. But uh, you don't want to see that in spring training. That's pretty weak. You also don't want to see Michael Pineda on the DL with shoulder tendonitis, Nando. This is, this is the worry I had when he came over to the Yankees. You know, it's, it's, this is just like the Yankees are cursed. I, I really don't think it's anything <laughs> the they're Yankees actively are doing. Cursed. I mean, as far as like, look. <laughs> Only a Yankees fan would say that. Right? All, all these, you've you got to agree with me. The Yankees' history is scattered with these young, hot arm pitchers who, uh, who just go by the wayside. And, I mean, true. not even like the Brian Taylors. I'm talking like how badly they fumbled Ian Kennedy. Um, which you know, not they, I guess. Well, they, really they turn him into chance. Granderson. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, just all these youngsters, Java Chamberlain, they up down, up down. I, well, I don't think they had enough time to ruin Michael Pineda, but this is going to happen. Think, I think every organization has that. I mean, you talk about the Braves, a good track record of pitching. Jason Schmidt, Adam Wainwright, uh, they have tons of guys they missed out on too. I'm not saying missed out on. I'm just saying and, ruin them. Well, well, let's not call him under, ruined though. All right, that's true. That's true. Just well, Kennedy, Kennedy was. I was thinking of the underselling there. Um, as far as Pineda and fantasy goes, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think this is, is horrible news because it, it, it should just be something that requires rest for Pineda, and it might explain why his velocity has been down this spring. Um, obviously, uh, e, uh, <laughs> Ian Kennedy, Phil Hughes had shoulder issues <laughs> last spring, head, and his man. velocity was down. <laughs> and, and once he got the rest, he was fine. So obviously Pineda's talent is... is through the roof, and uh, I think after some rest, he'll, he'll still be an asset for but fantasy owners. But here's the thing. Honors. Here's the thing. Now, you've got the rotation set now with yeah. Garcia and Nova in the four or five spots, and you've got Pettit. So I see where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, let, let's just – I'm not saying this is going to happen. How realistic is it that Michael Pineda never gets into the Yankees rotation, Scott? Zero percent chance. Nando. Oh, I'm with Scott on this one. I think you're going to see Nova go to long relief, and uh, and then eventually maybe I don't know, Freddie Garcia gets hurt or traded or cut or something like that, and Pettit pops on up. All right, Red Sox rotation. Daniel Bard, Felix Dubrant are in the rotation, and then we'll talk about Andrew Bailey. But Nando, your reaction to this Dubrant um, Bard news? You know, maybe a week or so ago. Probably more than that. We had a report that Bard was going to be in the bullpen, but now it's he's in the rotation. So what are yeah, your thoughts? We were playing that little game, remember, uh, a few weeks ago here when we had Bard, Dubron, Aceves, and, uh, and I think someone else was still sticking around at that point. And, I mean, you could make a case for all of them. So I, I can't say I'm surprised by it. It's just, you know, throw up four cards and which two come face up. Yeah. But do you like Bard better than Dubron? I do. Well, I think I like Bard's strikeouts. I'm, I'm a, you know, you know, those cartoons when the little eyes turn into those twirly things. Anytime I see strikeouts, I, I'm totally they enamored. They turn into K's. Yeah, they, yeah, I just, I love them. So I, I'd take Bard, but I think Dubrant might actually, you know, end up by the end of the year having better, better whip, better ERA. Dubrant or Hector Noesi? 
I, you know, I kind of like Noessi. I've like that's that's tough for me because I've had my eye on Noessi since the start of the year. Yeah, I'm actually not that high on Dubrant. Uh, I think. Um, He's he's one of those fringe prospects who gets played up as more because he's in a big market, and his minor league numbers really aren't that impressive in in by any measurement. So with all the candidates the Red Sox have there still, I I, I don't know that I see him sticking around in the rotation all season. How about Dubron or Felipe Paulino, who was actually going to be on the DL? Yeah, I'd go with Paulino, DL Stinton, all. Uh, I think both have RP eligibility, but they do. My, my eyes are turning into the K's over Paulino because he's definitely that type of pitcher also. <laughs> okay. he, might, he might have your, your relief pitcher eligibility still. He was that guy last yeah. year yeah. who you could stick in and, and cheat with. Oh, that's why I brought up <laughs> – oh, God. That's why I brought up Noessi and uh, Paulino, Dubron, Barr. They all have RP eligibility. Now, Andrew Bailey. Scott, what's the latest on him? Uh, he has a thumb issue that he got sent back to Boston to have checked out, and, and Bobby Valentine – said the reason they went with Aceves in the bullpen instead of the rotation is because he was referring to some injury situations in the bullpen, but it turns out it was Bailey. Um, if he's if he's concerned about needing an extra arm in the bullpen, I'm, I'm thinking a DL stent is a likely possibility here. Uh, and then with Bard in the rotation, I guess Melanson would be the short-term guy for saves, Mark Melanson. I think it would be just a short-term thing. You know, a thumb's not like an elbow or shoulder, but uh, it's it's a concern for an injury-prone player like Bailey. All right, a couple more notes, and then we'll go go to the um, best hitting matchups and worst hitting matchups of of week one. Johan Santana will start the Mets opener, but the closer situation is interesting. Frank Francisco dealing with a bad knee and toe and velocity issues this spring. So he doesn't look so good. Great right now. What are your thoughts on Frank Francisco, Nando? Um, you know, I, I've always had this theory that John Roush always finds saves. I don't know how it's going to happen every year, but he just always pops into saves, and this <laughs> looks like his opening, right? I mean, this uh, Frank Francisco's lost the job to John Roush before. This is not a new thing, so uh, I, I don't know. You never like to see velocity issues. Obviously, the, the knee and the toe stuff, you can, you, you can put a timetable on, but velocity yeah. kind of, you know. I don't really disagree with the Rauch and being a potential replacement at some point and Francisco being bad, but um, I kind of feel like the velocity issues are overplayed here. We're talking about 92 instead of 94, maybe, which... Uh, Is that not that bad? I thought thought it was worse than that. It's not not from what I read. Okay. We're talking low 90s to mid 90s difference, which, you know, I'm not really going to sweat that. He's owning 57% of leagues, Francisco. Would you rather have him or Melanson right now? I would. I'd take Francisco. I mean, like I said, just a short-term thing with Melanson there, and I don't even know that he's that good either. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have Francisco or Jonathan Broxton? Because it looks like he's going to be. Well, it looks like the Royals are leaning in that direction. Um, I will take. I'll take Broxton um, because hmm, I, I I feel like the Royals. Hmm, I don't know. I don't even know why I'd take Broxton. <laughs> Nando likes Broxton, I, I'm scared right? Because yeah, oh, yeah. I'm scared of his job security, too. But I feel like the upside is higher than Francisco, and, and maybe the Royals will put him in better position for saves than the Mets. Yeah, I, I like Broxton. Just, I, I think he could pull a Farnsworth. I mean, we're, we're, this is the same kind of questions we were asking ourselves about Farnsworth last year. Oh, okay, was Farnsworth going to do it? Or uh, I think Joel Peralta's in the mix, and there are a couple other guys. But I think, I think Broxton's going to grab it and just run with it. All right, Scott, you're on the you're on the spot uh, on the spot now. 
your best and worst hitting matchups of week one. Now, week one's a short one, so the pitching decisions are going to be pretty easy for you guys. Either you got a one-star pitcher or a zero-star pitcher, <laughs> unless you're counting the Japan games and you got some A's and Mariners, and then you might have a two-star pitcher, in which case you've already set your lineup. The pitching decision should be fairly easy. The hitting decision's a little bit more difficult. So, Scott, the best and worst of week one. Well, I, I should first point out that uh, in addition to Oakland, Seattle, if you counted those Japan games, they have four games. If you didn't, they're the two teams with two. Uh, the Dodgers, Marlins, Padres, and Cardinals are all playing four games. The problem is they're all, for the most part, playing facing a bunch of good pitchers. San Diego's going against uh, Clayton Kershaw to start the season. Uh, well, Billingsley, Capuano, harangue. That's not so bad. So let's say the Padres do have a good matchup. Uh, the problem why, is why do we have to waste it on the Padres? I know <laughs> they're they're a bad hitting team, and they're at home, which changes things too. That's kind of the issue for the Dodgers. The Padres pitching staff isn't that great, but they're four games at San Diego. Then the Cardinals are going against Josh Johnson, Giovanni Gallardo, Zach Greinke, Randy Wolf. That sounds like bad news. Uh, the Marlins. At the top of the Reds rotation, Cueto, Latos. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'd, I'd be happy starting the Marlins there. Really, I don't. I, I think you have to start any hitters going four games as opposed to three because that one game, uh, when when you're talking about that small of a number, makes a big difference. Some bad matchups uh, for the three-game teams: the Diamondbacks get the Giants and Lincecum Bumgarner, Kane. The Red Sox get Verlander, Scherzer, and Fister. Uh, the Cubs get Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, and Jordan Zimmerman. The Royals get the top of the Angels rotation, which is Weaver, Heron, and Irvin Santana. Fortunately, they miss C.J. Wilson there. Uh, then the the Pirates get the top of the Phillies rotation, which is Halliday, Lee, and Worley. Uh, a couple more good matchups to throw at you. The Braves are facing the top three, the Mets, which you know isn't a top three by any standard. The, the Orioles are going against the Twins, which is really just uh, Francisco Liriano and a bunch of hittable guys. Then the Twins are going against the Orioles, so that's good news for them, too. The Angels going <laughs> against the Royals. Uh, the Astros going against the Rockies. Guthrie, Moyer, Ulysses, Chassin, none of those guys really scare me. Um, the Phillies going against the Pirates is good. And uh, that's about it. So you said the Diamondbacks, the Royals, those are two teams with bad matchups. Um, and the Padres and the Braves have good matchups yes. amongst many other teams. So yes. who are guys you would consider sitting? I mean, would you consider sitting like a Chris Young or an Alex Gordon? Uh, not Alex Gordon coming off the spring he's having. A guy I do have as, as a sit this week is, is Jeff Francoeur. Um because I have my doubts about his ability to repeat last season anyway, but then three right-handers, he had only like a 750 OPS against righties last year, and, and they're obviously uh, ace-caliber right-handers against the Angels. Um, uh, mm, let's see. I, I would also sit Paul Goldschmidt if you're he, – he's a guy I have as a Schmidt. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. That's it. Uh, going against the top of the he's Giants always rotation. <laughs> would you yeah. start – Cameron may have been over uh, out, uh, over Jeff Francoeur. Yeah, I think I would. Nando? Yeah, I, I'm not a Francoeur fan at all. I, I, that's that's kind of like a no-brainer no matter what the pitching is for me. Okay. Any other uh, any other nuggets there? 
Not yet. I'm still working on uh, putting together the hitting planner. I'm sure I'll have a lot more okay. for you on tomorrow's show. Excellent. Well, there'll be plenty of time to listen to tomorrow's show and get your lineup set. Back to the news. Edinson Volquez to start San Diego's opener. And a strained right triceps for Tim Stauffer. Nando, are you concerned about Mr. Stauffer? Um, I mean, I'm always concerned when a pitcher does something like that to his arm. But I think the more intriguing thing here is Volquez. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, look, is Stauffer... If this is a big thing where he goes on the DL, so what? You put him on the DL, you pick someone else up. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, <laughs> obviously, I, Stauffer's just not a guy who I have on my teams. He's not, he's not yeah, a... Yeah. No, no K's in the eyes. There. Yeah, you know, my, you already know me, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all about the strikeouts, too. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, how about Drew Smiley? Detroit's number five starter. He's 22 years old. What's his deal? I'm in love with. I mean, I, I love Drew Smiley. I follow <laughs> yeah. him on Twitter. And, really? You know, yeah. Oh, dude, I, I've been talking about Drew Smiley since I got here. It's just... Really? I, if you look at his numbers, I mean, granted it was only A and double A, but I mean, they were yeah. really, really low ERA, low whip, a lot of strikeouts. He's had a great spring and it hasn't just been in minor league games. I mean, he's been really, he's been pitching well against major league hitters. Um, that, I, he could be a great surprise, I think. Yeah, he could be. I mean, there's sleeper potential there. I just worry only eight games, I think it is, above Class A. And the Tigers have a tendency to do this with their young pitchers. It worked for Verlander, not so much for Rick Porcello or Jacob Turner. They they rushed them. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> they're just uh, they're just desperate for rotation depth, I guess. And and I I think it 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 holds back their development. So I'd hate to see that for Smiley. Okay, here we go. Smiley or Bard? Uh, I'll go Bard. Uh, I'm gonna go Smiley. <laughs> really, go Smiley. Well, look, I don't know what's going to happen with Bard. What happens if you get Bard and then he gets bumped down to relief pitching again? Okay. You drop him and pick up somebody else? You pick up Smiley. He'll probably still be around. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's true. like 4% owned in leagues right now, Smiley. <laughs> that, yeah. Smiley or Peacock? Smiley. Well, Peacock doesn't have a job right now, and I'm not sure he will soon, so Smiley. Smiley or Noessi? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Noessi on that one. Oh? I'm sorry. That's, okay. where I draw my, that's where I draw my Smiley line. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Scott? Yeah, I'll, no Essie. No Essie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of the A's, Dallas Braden had a setback in his recovery. You can get more on him, fantasynews.cbssports.com. The Reds and Braves make a trade. Juan Francisco, a third baseman going to Atlanta, and right-handed pitcher J.J. Hoover to Cincinnati. So with Francisco to Atlanta and Chipper Jones banged up, what does this mean, Scott? It probably means Francisco is going to get the majority of the starts at third base with Martin Prado going back to left there. The alternative before this deal was Eric Hinsky getting most of the starts in left with Prado third. And uh, I, I just don't think they'd, they'd be willing to give up one of their top 10 prospects like Hoover if it wasn't um, for a guy they thought could make a real impact in the lineup. And Francisco has power. Um, he, he He's a free-swinging type who I think could end up in the the Chris Davis category of hitting 220, but at least now he's getting at bats, and this this certainly makes him worth a look in a, in NL only leagues. Twins closer Joe Nathan got his first save of spring training recently. Two straight scoreless outings after he had been pretty horrible. Nando, are you encouraged? Um, I am. We should former Twins closers probably the way to. Oh, I said Twins Rangers yeah. closer. Rangers yeah, closer. it's Monday, baby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're in here earlier than we usually are. I'm still. Uh, I'm still back in previous years, apparently. So Rangers closer Joe Nathan has been bad. Now he's getting better. Are you encouraged? Absolutely, yeah. I think you know. I think he's one of those guys who just, hey, man, it's spring training. This is what I do. I'm gearing up for the season. Okay. 
Uh, Arizona shortstop Stephen Drew will start the year on the DL. We should have a timetable soon. Willie Bloomquist or John McDonald? Who do you like better, Nando? <laughs> Willie Bloomquist, <laughs> okay, baby. It's an easy one. Sometimes we say the obvious things. <laughs> it's it's easy and it's still crummy. Bloomquist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, look, hey, Gibson unleashed him last year before he got hurt. He had what, like yeah. ten steals in the first two weeks or something before he uh, he pulled a hamstring, whatever he did. Well, here's what we're gonna do when we're done with the notes. We're gonna look at free agents, guys who are available in less than or owned in less less than sixty percent of leagues at each position. I'll throw Willie Bloomquist in there with the other short stops, and uh, you guys can pick out who you like best. Uh, neither Tyler Green nor Daniel Descalso has won the second base job for the Cardinals, and they'll both get at bats. Pick one, Descalso or Green. This is like. Bloomquist and McDonald all over again. <laughs> Tyler Green actually did show some power and speed in the minors, but if he's not getting everyday at-bats, I, I just don't feel like I'm going to have much use for him. No, it's for deeper leagues, certainly. Edwin Encarnacion, he's eligible at first base and third base for the Blue Jays. He may hit cleanup, and he's owned in 69% of leagues. You think he should be owned in more leagues, Nando? Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, every year it's the annual Edwin Encarnacion is going to be great this year. He's the next, you know, he's the next Jose Bautista. But uh, <laughs> I hope we're not said, saying that anymore. That being said, I think he I think he should be up in like eighty five percent owned. I I don't know why he's every day at bats. He's got two position eligibility, and he's not worrying about. I think he's probably going to DH him, so he's not worrying about all these errors he makes at third base. Yeah, anymore. I think um, I I think people have been burned by the he's yeah. going to be the next Jose Bautista talk or whatever. And he's a guy who's always been streaky, and at some point people end up picking him up. And, and was streaky again last year, hit most of his homers in the second half. But it was, it was pretty much the whole second half when he was streaking, which is long by his standards. And I, I have a feeling he's going to be, he's going to end up making a much bigger impact than uh, his ownership percentage shows. Adam Lind or Edwin Encarnacion? Encarnacion. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take Car- Encarnacion. Uh, what's his name? Mark Trumbo. <laughs> oh, we've stumped the stumper. Mark Trumbo <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> or Edwin Encarnacion. I'll take Encarnacion until Trumbo gets everyday bats, and I'm yeah. not sure he will. I agree. Okay. So 69% ownership might be a little bit under-owned. And a couple more notes here. Yeah, let's talk about that Royals rotation. Felipe Paulino will start the year on the DL, but who will he bump out when he returns? Luis Mendoza or Danny Duffy? I think Duffy, he's able to go back to the minors, still young enough that he could gain something from that, and he got rocked this spring. Yeah, Luis Mendoza, just everything I read about him, they seem really high on him. He redid his arsenal, became more of a sinker baller, and, and not a big strikeout guy, but uh, his he had something like a even two ERA in the minors last year, something ridiculous, and, and was just as impressive this spring. So I think um, I think he could be a surprise AL only contributor, and and you never know. I mean, if he he's pitching deep into games, he could be a surprise. I'm not rushing to pick him out up or anything, but he could be a surprise in overall. Hey Nando, yeah, how you feel about Ryan Vogel's song? He's going to start the year on the DL, but what do you think about him this year? I, I've never been crazy. I think. I saw on Twitter we got a couple questions about that, about Vogel song. You slot him as a one, two, three, four, and 5. I think he's solidly at number 5. Um, I know he was amazing last year, like this big mystery that he came back after four years out of you know, Major League American Baseball. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Okay. Uh, you feeling it? What would you rather have Luis Mendoza of the Royals <laughs> or Ryan Vogel song? I think I would rather have Ryan Vogel song. I would rather yeah, have a guy who's going let's, to be let's pitching. Not, 
Okay. Like, oh, you don't. Well, think no, no. I mean, who's be look? If we're asking if one of these two guys is going to get bumped out, you know, yeah. there's a chance. Of course, Vogelsong. And, and I don't you, think so. you gonna... take Vogelsong now because you have no competition for Mendoza. Gotcha. Uh, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if if Mendoza did end up having a better season. Let's look at some. Available... I'm with Scott on that, by the way. I'm not. I'm not trashing Mendoza. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just want to let that you guys be known. Are yeah. we, we know it. Yeah. You got to be birthday, nice. It's still his birthday yeah. time ish. Uh, available free agents, guys that are owned in sixty percent of leagues or less. I've got five at each position. I've got six at some positions. Actually, three relievers. So I kind of lied. But we'll start with catcher. I'll read the names, and you guys tell me. Let's just say there are some owners out there who have an injury they're dealing with, or they they want to pick someone up. Who stands out to you? Give me the top two on this list: Kurt Suzuki. John Buck, Jonathan Lucroy, AJ Pierzynski, Carlos Ruiz. Suzuki, Buck, Lucroy, Pierzynski, Ruiz. Give me two. I'll go Suzuki uh, because he's always higher than his numbers look because of the abats he gets. And Pierzynski seems to be extremely underrated, 18% owned. Uh, he could lose his job to Tyler Flowers at some point, but he's always productive, always double digit homers, decent batting average. Those would be my top two. I do. I like Suzuki. Um, I think I'd like to balance him out with John Buck, who uh, you know, lots of power, but probably not the highest batting average. And Suzuki brings the average, not a lot of power. So I think you throw two of them on a team. Let me do a little side note here. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought this up earlier. I am shocked at how big the Marlins outfield is. I mean, that place is huge. It's got to be one of the biggest outfields in baseball. 418 to straightaway center, like 3 Forty something, I think, down the left field line. Right field isn't that deep, but I'm where. I mean, there were some home runs yesterday. I know Gabby homered. I know Nick Swisher homered, and I left in the fifth inning. But, <laughs> That's uh, a fan. Yeah, That's a, <laughs> a lot of traffic, man. A lot of traffic down there. But I'm, I'm not happy about it. If I own Marlins hitters, um, the dome. It's going to be a dome most days and nights. I think. I don't think they're going to do open air all that much unless it's 75 degrees or lower. But. Um, I don't know. Are you guys concerned about that? They played in a big park last year, but they built a new park, and they wanted a pitching and defense team, and yeah. now they've got this gigantic outfield. Well, I, I'm i not going to worry about it so much until I see how it plays. I, I've read the ball carries well to left. I mean, to yeah, to left, yeah. Um, and that's that's the side you're worried about, it seems like. Um, and, I mean, I, I, we anything other than some. right field I'd be worried about. Yeah, the gaps and left. well, yeah, you got to remember they played in a pitcher's park before with crazy deep center field there also, and you know, I, left field wasn't as deep as you know. I don't, I don't know the dimension comparison offhand, but left field wasn't as deep as you're making it sound like the new one is. But it did have that tall, it did have fence. a big wall, yeah. So you, you know, and and it was deep and right. Um, so I, I don't know that it, it's anything to panic about yet. I mean, like you said, we saw two homers there yesterday. Um, Both to right field. Was was Sanchez's to right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, okay, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to freak <laughs> out about it yet. $12 tacos, man. <laughs> hey, God, that thing at center field is such a monstrosity. But how awesome was it? They didn't light it up. Really? No, they didn't light What's it up. What's the they're, point of having saving the it. They're saving it for Wednesday. Yeah. Man, I guess I could understand yeah. that. Okay, first base, James Loney, Adam LaRoche, Justin Smoke, Chris Davis, Mitch Moreland. Loney, LaRoche, Smoke, Davis, Moreland. Nando pick two. Uh, I'm going to go with that, that second half of that list there. Uh, let's go Smoke and Moreland with, with Davis a close <laughs> third. But Moreland, I think, 
I think he's being underrated. 33% ownership for Moreland for a guy who basically is going to play every day. Yeah, I like Smoke a lot. Um, he was he was dealing with some injuries last year that caused him to slump in the second half. He had like a 950 OPS through April, and I think he's potentially that kind of player. He he already has a homer on the board this season. Um, I, I guess my second favorite, it, it's kind of a distant second, but I'll go with James Loney just because he's the one I'm most confident will get at bats. Um, and, and because in head-to-head leagues, the lack of homers doesn't kill you so much. Uh, not as enthused about him in Roto. Second base, Omar Infante, Orlando Hudson, Jose Altuve, Gordon Beckham, Ryan Rayburn. Infante, Hudson, Altuve, Beckham, Rayburn. I'll I'll go upside here and go Gordon Beckham as my number one. Um, obviously, the last few years have been terrible, but as we saw with Alex Gordon, sometimes it just takes a while for these... Uh, young players to figure out if the talent's there it's always there and it's all it's it has the potential to pop up at some point so uh just kind of a blind faith thing there and then ryan rayburn obviously has the powers had a good spring i i don't trust him to be consistent throughout the season but those other guys are scrubs those are my two with infante maybe coming in third but uh definitely beckham and rayburn to third base chase headley jack hanahan placido polanco danny valencia Jed Lowry, and third baseman Juan Francisco of the Braves now. Headley, Hanahan, Polanco, Valencia, Lowry, Francisco, Nando. Uh, I think I think Lowry, uh, he's, got, he's got some multi-positionality, which is going to make him beat this otherwise unspectacular group, I'd want to <laughs> say. Um, I don't even have a number two. For, I mean, Chase Headley, I guess, but he's, like, he's the Edwin Encarnacion of this group who we just every year. Oh, it's Headley's year. He's got so much talent. And then he... Uh, yeah, he doesn't. Headley's problem is Petco, though. I mean, you look at the home away splits. He'd be an all-star if he wasn't playing at Petco, it seems like. <laughs> and with uh, Jed Yorko um, and uh, James Darnell close to reaching the majors, I'll take him as my second in the hopes he gets traded here. Uh, and then Jed Lowry, of course. Got to be my first. Sure, <laughs> absolutely. I didn't even have to ask you. Yeah. Shortstop, Zach Cozart, Alcides Escobar, Rafael Fercal, Ian Desmond, Jason Bartlett, Willie Bloomquist. Zach Cozart, Escobar, Fercal, Desmond, Bartlett, Bloomquist. Scott. Cozart, um, I'm a little surprised he's not more owned. 61%. I cheated with him. I cheated with him. I suppose he's <laughs> no, 60% it, or fewer, but he's uh, 61%. He's, he's available in a lot of leagues. I think the lack of walks might hurt in head-to-head, but a good power-speed combination there. Uh, and then I'll, I'll go Alcides Escobar um, because he'll, he'll deliver some steals. And I think he hit 280 in the second half, and obviously his minor league track record suggests he should hit for average. So maybe uh, we shouldn't write him off yet. I think I think for call is is being overlooked at thirty four percent. Maybe people are just sick of seeing his name and thinking he can't do it anymore, and he's old. And I think he's got some speed left in those legs and some average. And um, I'd like to make a case for Jason Bartlett. I don't think these two are my top two, but I, you know, since we're, I think Cozart's head and shoulders above this group, and, and Escobar obviously has the most speed, which you're going to get out of the shortstop with these guys. Uh, but Jason Bartlett, not as bad as people think he is. Okay. Okay. He's owning 14% of the league. He had yeah, like yeah. 220 last year, right? I, he did, but I mean, look, you look a couple of years ago when he broke out, and he does have some of that power potential, and again, it's going to be sapped by Petco, but uh, I think Bartlett does have the potential to go at least 280. Um, a little bit of power, tiny bit of speed. Outfield, J.D. Martinez, David DeJesus, Diane Viciedo, 
Jason Bay, Denard Span, JD Martinez, De Jesus, Viciedo, uh, Viciedo, Jason Bay, Denard Span. Viciedo is by far my favorite of this group, and I I don't know why he's so underowned because he's been one of my top sleepers since the start of spring training. Uh, just hit his first home run yesterday, and I think he's hitting under 200. So that doesn't help, but. Uh, you know, spring numbers, I'm I'm not going to freak out over those, generally speaking. And I actually have him as a sleeper for week one because um, they're going to they're be at Texas and facing two lefties in Derek Holland and Matt Harrison. So not only a guy worth picking up, but uh, if you got a, if you got somebody banged up in your lineup, might want to plug Viciato in right away. I'm not even going to pick a second. I'm going to okay. let no, thanks. go. Uh, Jason Bay, why not? I read today that <laughs> I read today that he might lose his job if he's struggling after. I don't think Jason Bay weeks. is going to lose his job, man. Come on. Okay. Jason, he's, he's, what's he making? He's got a lot of money left. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. I, uh, I I think you know he could surprise some people with some power. Okay. Starting pitcher: Bronson Arroyo, Matt Harrison, Josh Colmenter, Luke Hochaver, Jeremy Guthrie. Arroyo, Harrison, Colmenter, Hochaver, Guthrie. You know, I'm going to play the Scott White game here. I'm just going to pick one and let him. <laughs> Touche. Uh, Hochaver, uh, I think people have kind of caught on to him as a sleeper, so I don't know if we can still call him a sleeper. But uh, He's only owned in 51% of leagues, so he's sleeping out there. He's uh, there, There's something, you know, again, I hate to, to, to go back to this Encarnacion thing, but every year we think he's going to put it together because he has these, you know, these nice little runs towards the end of each year, and then we get fooled for the first half. Forget about him. In the second half, he has a run. It's like wash, rinse, repeat. So, you know, he was a first-round pick, I think, twice. I think he, was, he went in the top five once, and then, you know, again, when the Royals got him at number one mm. the next year when he didn't sign. So there's definitely talent there, and in more than one team had seen it. Yeah, uh, It's just a question of him putting it together. Well, he's the, he's the pitcher I always look at. If, if I had to pick one who, I, I, if I was just seeing him for the first time and knew nothing about him, what I would think. I, I would be impressed with him. He, he looks good. He throws 93, and it, it looks faster than 93. Uh, and, and I feel like last year was the time he, he really, uh, at the end of the season, he was averaging like 8.2 strikeouts per nine innings over his last two 10 starts or something, and, and just really seemed to take more of a step forward. So Hochefar is my favorite on this list also. Um, I'll go with Matt Harrison as my second. Uh, I, I don't think he can be much better than he was last year, but obviously pitching for the Rangers going to get run support, and uh, you know showed he could be he could be mixed league viable. And we already kind of did relief pitcher earlier: Francisco, Jim Johnson, Jonathan Broxton, and we took Broxton. So now we read emails: fantasy baseball at cbsinteractive dot com. First one is from Steve from Philly. Dear strikeout sultans of softball. <laughs> See if you get your answer, Steve. That's excellent. <laughs> in a snake draft, 5x5 five five mixed roto league. Ended up taking Utley in the last round. Needs someone while he's on the DL. Options are Mike Aviles, Sean Rodriguez, Aaron Hill, Jose Altuve, and Gordon Beckham. Aviles, Rodriguez, Hill, Altuve, Beckham. Pick one. I'll go Beckham until he proves he doesn't deserve it. I still like Avilas. I, there's just something about him playing a ball. Until I'm proven wrong, I think I'm going to go with it, the mystery of what Fenway does to some of these, I guess, marginalized players who, who were there before, you know, who were marginalized before they went to Boston. Sure, sure. Next up, somebody whose name I didn't print out. Sorry about that. Um, great show and glad you went to five days and picked up Nando. All right. I have Bonifacio, Bourne, Jennings, Victorino. I feel like I need some more pop. Um, please choose two. Fowler. 
Deaza, Austin Jackson, J.D. Martinez, or Lorenzo Cain? <laughs> These aren't pop guys. Yeah, this is, a, this is not the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they're pop guys in the way Victorino is. Um, okay, but I'll still pick two. Uh, I'll go I'll go Kane. Uh, Lorenzo Kane had a very impressive spring. And uh, and Deaz... Oh, ooh, I'm forgetting Fowler in there. I like Fowler a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go Kane and Fowler and leave Deaza out of it. But all of them seem like poor poor man's Shane Victorino types. Okay. Uh, extra base power, double-digit homers, 20-plus steals, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, like this is this is kind of like you know I, I like the flavor grape. So should yeah. I should I have a sprite or should, should I have this orange soda? <laughs> it's I don't know Kane and let's say J D Martinez just because you know the rest of these guys don't really have any power. Maybe maybe Martinez will suddenly show up with some. Mike from Fresno, dear fantasy criminals, ten team mixed league. I have Chris Sale and Corey Lupke as my relief pitchers, and Nando officially hates you. <laughs> uh, should I drop? That's not true, man. Should I drop one of them for the following closers? Sale and Lupke. Should I drop one for the following closers? Kyle Farnsworth, Brandon League, Houston Street, Matt Caps. I mean, I'm assuming this is a points league, head to head points, and I'd say no. Uh, there, there could come a time if, if it doesn't work out for Chris Sale in the starting rotation that you'd rather have a, a closer. Uh, but right now, coming off a great spring, that's a good setup you got going. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with it. Who'd you rather have, Sale or Loopke? Loopke for sure. Okay, dear fantasy flip floppers. I hope that's not us. David in Kentucky says placing Pineda on the DL and need to know which waiver wire pitcher to pick up in the short term. Johan Santana, Jonathan Nice, Mike Leak. Mark Burley, Jair Jurgens, Francisco Liriano, Kyle Loesch. Santana, Nice, Leak, Burley, Jurgens, Liriano, Loesch. I think you go with Liriano. As much as I'd like, I'd keep you, Santana as your backup option, but I think Liriano is the, the one out of this whole list who you're going to want. Scott? Yeah, Liriano might be the player whose value has improved the most because of spring training. Not walking guys, striking out a ton again. He, he looks like vintage Liriano. And okay. he's, he's what you're losing with Pineda, too. Yeah. Yeah, he right. pretty much is. Uh, from Juan Kim, the following trade has been offered to me in my league. Should I accept it or not? I would be getting Andrew McCutcheon, Dan Ugla, Giancarlo Stanton, and Adam Lind. Getting McCutcheon, Ugla, Stanton, and Lind. Giving up Laurie, Cano, and Hosmer. Hmm. I think you have. I think. Oh, no. No, no, no. Wait. I, I'm, I'm, it's messy, right? It's messy. Uh, let me read it again for the listeners here. Why is Adam Lind even in this trade? You're getting <laughs> at Andrew McCutcheon, Dan Ugla, Giancarlo Stanton, and Adam Lind. You're giving up Brett Laurie, Robinson Cano, and Eric Hosmer. No. Not giving up the surefire first rounder in Cano, as enticing as the McCutcheon-Stanton combo is. Uh, and, and what makes it easier for me is how much I like Laurie and Hosmer to have breakout seasons. Uh, but even if you replace those guys with, like, Ryan Zimmerman and Paul Canerco, I think I'd still want the Cano end. Okay. We'll give you the final word, Nando. Uh, I hate to do this because it's your birthday show, but I, I, think, I, would t- <laughs> I think I would take the trade. Uh, but that's just because I'm not as big on Hosmer as, as you are. It's uh... But... But then Here's again, the it, we, we got to find out if this is Roto Cano, or Points League. To be Cano, fair, Cano is far and away the best. Well, yeah, he's far and away the best player because a first rounder. You're talking about a couple borderline third rounders in McCutcheon and Stan. That that's a significant drop off from him to either of those guys, right? Well, the difference for me is is Ugla. Ugla. Yeah, I think Ugla. 
I mean, you're gonna Ugly's gonna make up for Cano's power. Probably not the batting average. Well, obviously not the batting average. Um, and then Lowry, you know, for Stanton and McCutcheon. Laurie. 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 Sorry. No, not Jed not Lowry. Not Jed Lowry. Yeah. Laurie. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. It's close enough where I, I think the difference for me is I. I just. I'm not a huge fan of Hosmer. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's what it is. I mean, yeah. What do you have against Hosmer? I. You know, I just. I. I'm not seeing him like as the 30 home run kind of kind of player that I, I think a lot of people are rejecting him as. If I had him, I think I'd use him as trade bait because uh, perception's so high. Adam, make a tiebreaker on this, by the way. Well, no, uh, I mean, I think I, I think I'd keep, I think I'd keep Cano. But I, what's interesting is that you've got a lot of guys in the in the side that you're getting the McCutcheon, Ugla, Stanton, Lind side. You've got guys that you can probably project a lot easier than the Laurie Hosmer Cano side because you don't know what you're going to get from Laurie and Hosmer. So it does depend on how you view those two guys. And Scott likes both of those guys a lot. <laughs> And Nano doesn't like Hosmer. Here, right? Here's the thing you got to consider, too. Cano, Hosmer, Laurie, I think they're all hitting 290 or higher this year. McCutcheon, Ugla, Stanton, I think they're all hitting 270 or lower yeah, this year. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I, I could see that. Yeah. And also, I just get, get rid of Adam Lind in this deal and keep Rios. That's what I would do. You'd rather have Rios than Lind? Yeah. I wouldn't. I think Alex Rios garbage. I, I think I'd rather have Lind, too. Um the only reason I hesitate is because Lind has a back issue going on now, and that's obviously what yeah. messed him up in the second half last year. But um, I, I'd, uh, all things being equal, I'd take Lind over Rios. Thanks, fellas. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back every day, every weekday. <laughs> you got to say that with a smile, for the man. the rest of this season, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Send us your emails, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com, and we'll talk to you later.